it's interesting as we begin this, I just want to give some context to, uh, to the journey that we're going to take over the next uh, nine weeks or so as a church. Um, and it's interesting to start uh, on this particular Sunday because four years ago, uh, during the same school holidays, we moved to Napier. Uh, so for us, it's kind of like our fourth year anniversary of living in the Bay, and, uh, and that was uh, been, it's been an amazing journey. And um, if you bring up the next slide, Grant, um, I put up some, um, oh, next slide. So this is, I, I was scrolling through my, um, my Facebook feed, uh, looking at this particular time in our, uh, in our life four years ago, and just kind of getting all the memories back around the whole thing of moving. And people that have, you know, many of you have had probably everyone in the rooms moved cities at some point, you know how, uh, how that's a big deal. Um, but there is a look of sheer terror on my face there for good reason, because um, we moved here literally because we, like God spoke to us and called us here. And it was one of those most, you know, insane uh, journeys of our life, but one of the, the, the biggest adventures of our life, um, where me and Jen, um, before we go to sleep most nights, we um, say a little prayer. Jen, nine out of, times out of ten, initiate, initiates that. And for 12 years of marriage, she's been encouraging me to initiate a little bit more there, but we're, slow, slow burner there. But um, So Jen will normally initiate a bit of a prayer. And, uh, and at that particular stage of our life, it was definitely the prayers were centered around, God, if you're real, will the kids sleep tonight? And that was just our way of putting a fleece out just to test God's, you know, whether he was real or not. And um, so we went through a few faith crises uh, on, on a few sleepless nights there. But, uh, but we had this one night where we were praying, and, um, and all of a sudden it was like um, God started speaking to us, and we started praying, and we kept on praying, and we kept on praying. And it was like, and after that night, we took a three-month journey of discernment because the bigger the decision, the better the discernment needs to be in terms of how you do it. I've seen far too many people make big decisions in isolation and really mess up their lives. Uh, and so for three months, we discerned, was that you, God, or was that the curry the night before? But to be really honest, we knew in our Noah, we knew deep down that we were leaving Christchurch on that night. And then after that, after that discernment process of like, was that you, God, which was a big one, uh, we then were like, Lord, where are you calling us? Because we just knew it had been confirmed, and this is again a whole sermon in itself, it had been confirmed over and over again, yes, the Lord is calling you to leave Christchurch. And we were like, where? Where are you calling us? And then after you know, a long period of discernment, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out that it was the bay. Now, we had no history here. We didn't know a single person. Uh, and I'd said publicly, I will never plant a church. It's my idea of hell. That looks so stressful. <laughs> like there's lots of other existing churches out there. I'll go in there and do my best to change culture. But God very clearly called us to plant here in the Bay. And, uh, and so uh, the, the reason there's this bit of terror there is because it's like we're moving to a place where we don't know anyone to plant a church. And we've never done that before. And not only that, but it's like, We've got no plan financially apart from some savings that we inherited through Jen's grandmother who died, may she rest in peace. Uh, so we got a little bit of inheritance there and it was like, we, you know, a few little personal supporters. So it was a total faith step for us. But we're like, we're all in, let's go. <laughs> and so again, like the terror of this is happening. We're moving to this place. And then literally we I took that photo as we drove uh, to the bay. To, to move our lives here. Now, thank goodness he didn't call us left. <laughs> 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 
thank you, Lord. My best mate lives in, uh, in Palmy, and he pastors a vineyard church there. He has a grace for that region I do not have. God bless Nick uh, Tate and Kotomiko Vineyard. Uh, and so we moved here, and it was just, uh, it's been the journey of our life. Now, if you go to the next slide, we started um, by having these interest gatherings, and it's so, now these are terrible photos, uh, because they're the backs of people, but they're the only photos we took, and so um, those backs mean a lot to me, because they're people in our church today, and I'm like, these crazy people came along to this thing that we used to run at the aquarium, interest gatherings, are you interested in hearing about our church, that we're going to start soon, and, um, and I just, I can't believe, like, God provided the most incredible team. And to this, and we've had a few people leave cities, um, and we've had a few people leave because it just wasn't their flavor, but we were going through the list last night, and we we're so encouraged by the number of people who just are still with us today. Um, Terry Smith and, um, and his wife, uh, Hani, who were missing uh, this morning, but she was there with us uh, as we started the church. Elsa, uh, where's Elsa? She's not here today? Okay, this is going to be awkward for anyone that's not here. <laughs> Elsa, where are you? Aaron and Amy Greaves, are you present? We're in a school. <laughs> There's Amy. <laughs> uh, Matt and Amy Kim, I know, are here. Yay. Bryce and Nadiana Frost let us know that they uh, couldn't be here this morning, so well done. You're excused off the roll. Uh, Nan Cowing is recovering uh, from an illness, so she's excused. Oh, no, she is here. You're a legend, Nan. Where are you, Nan? Oh, there, you're hiding, hiding there. Okay, well done, man. Um, Mike and Shana aren't here today, but uh, Dennis and Pip, uh, Grace English is here, Ross and Rosie, Karen and Mel, Bronwyn Erickson, Yoka and Matt, Mike and Sine. Just this tribe of legendary original gangsters, uh, as they're always going to be known, turned up and like, yeah, we'll help you get this thing going. And, uh, and just legends, again, like stepping out in faith and joining something that, you know, they'd done some sort of discernment around, is God calling us to partner with you guys? And, and we said at every one of these gatherings, and we've said to a number of people, like, we do not want you to leave your church to join our thing here. We're not interested in that. We're, like, I've become friends with all the other pastors and stuff, but all we could say is we feel like God's called us here to plant a church in this place, and if, you, and if God is calling you to join us, that's a whole different thing. Leave really well, blah, blah, but if the Lord has spoken to you about joining us, then you should join us. You should be obedient to him, and we launched the church three years and four months ago, uh, and, uh, and it's been just an amazing ride since. And, and the things that in the last uh, three and years and four months that we've been primarily focused on as a church uh, is, is what does it look like to follow the way of Jesus, like really intentionally? Because uh, there's been this whole thing of like, um, we're, we've had lots of gatherings and stuff in churches, but I'm like, have we been making disciples of Jesus? Radical, sold out I'm all in my lifestyle and everything is orientated around you, Jesus. Like that's what we're in the business of doing. Amen? And that's, and like you're in the room today because as much as that can be a wrestle for us, it's like there's this part of me that's like, I, I want to, your, your way, Jesus. You are the way. You are the truth. And there's life found in you. Like I'm going to follow you. So what does that mean, right? You've got to keep mining down to what, well, the best definition of a disciple, and hopefully you guys are starting to memorize this stuff, is a person who's increasingly being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. So being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing, so that should be happening year in, year out. There should be this sense of increasingly, my life is orientated around being with him, becoming like him, and doing what he would do. 
in this place, right? And so where we kind of, so primarily we're focused on the being with and become like. So it's like, let's really cheer each other on to have a rich and deep and healthy and flourishing devotional life. And we're going to keep banging that drum. And the journey, I was looking at these photos and stuff, and I'm like, and I know the journey of a lot of the guys in, that, in those pictures, and I'm like, God has been good to us. He's called us into a, a deeper place of communion with Him, and we've found life in that place. It's been so good. And we're going to keep banging on that drum. Uh, become like, we've done things like emotionally healthy spirituality and our new module, Walking into Wholeness for our home churches. And we've been focused on dealing with our brokenness and dealing with our shame and dealing with the dysfunction and dealing with our hang-ups and addictions so that we can become more like Him, a fruity people filled with the fruit of the Spirit. And we've been talking a lot about uh, Sabbath rest in a culture of exhaustion, we're going to cheer each other on to have, have, have rhythms that would see our souls flourish as we choose to rest in Him. More, and as we take these beautiful rhythms uh, of, of Sabbath rest that brings so much life to us, right? So that's where, now, what we haven't focused much on is doing what Jesus did. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do for the next, uh, for the first time really in the history of our church, we're going to like, we're really going to intentionally put this into the framework. Now, all of the resources that we've built on all the things I've just said haven't happened that much on Sunday. They've happened primarily in our home churches. And, and this journey and these communities of faith, people have been working through these resources and, and taking that journey together, not to learn more information. I'm so tired of that. But to learn practices that lead to transformation. And the problem is that so often in the church, we think that uh, resonance equals obedience. Oh, I like that. So that sounds right. Resonance does not equal obedience. There's this thing of actually our lifestyle changes as we orientate our lives around His way of being with Him, becoming like Him, and it leads to the richest possible life, the richest, most beautiful, flourishing life that we could have is when it's orientated in the midst of our suffering that we're close to Him. As we work through that stuff, we become a you know the junk in our trunk. We become a person filled with peace and filled with joy and, and supremely filled with love. Um, and so uh, that's, that's our heart. Um, and because the, uh, I'm fired up about this because I'm like, it wasn't easy moving here. I mean, this is a beautiful region, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't easy living by faith. Like we've got story, the miracle stories of God's radical provision because we were down to the last, who knows, I mean, you know, how many dollars that, that you need to pay the whatever. And it was like we saw his incredible provision. We had to cry for, like, just the, the God's goodness to us has been amazing, but it, it was costly. But, but, but we didn't sign up to have an easy life. We signed up to follow the way of Jesus, to live an adventurous life. And so at the very DNA of our church, whether you like it or lump it, uh, there's this thing of, like, we're here for mission. We're here for mission. Now, mission that isn't grounded in a deep devotional life. A mission that isn't grounded in rhythms of rest will eventually kill you. And many of us know what it's like to be in environments where you're pushed to, to do things, but you don't have the inner depth and you don't have the pace in your life to sustain what you've been called to sustain. And here's what we're deeply committed to is this. We're going to build the kingdom the king's way. We're not going to build it the world's way. We're going to build it the, the king's way. Like how we do it is as important as what we do. Now we are called to build the kingdom, but if you build the kingdom the king's way, it'll lead to a flourishing soul. And so when we planted the church, we had people say to us, veterans, that are like, you're going to have to work 70 to 80 hours a week, and you're just going to have to go hardcore for the first two or three years. 
And I was like, no, nah, I'm just not going to do that. I don't believe that God would cause me to pay the price of my soul to, to see the church plant. And while that may mean that we won't grow as quickly as, as people may like or whatever, I'm going to tend to my, and we're going to have Sabbath rest, and I'm going to look after my family, and I'm going to be present, and blah, 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 and we're going to build the kingdom the king's way, and he has honored us as we've chosen to do that. And I feel more alive as a pastor than I've ever felt in my life today because of that, right? Amen? So, so we're here, but here's the temptation is that we get together and we have a, a, a lovely community that get, gets built that loves spending time with Jesus and is in a, on a journey walking into wholeness and we leave it there. And that just becomes another subtle form of consumerism where it's, we like it because we're becoming more whole and we've got this lovely interior life with Jesus that's forming and we've got a lovely community around us. Now, all those things are awesome, but, but guys, it can't stop there. We're called to go and we're called to make disciples, and we're called to reach out, and we're called to serve, and we're called to build the kingdom, and everyone gets to play, not just the hardcore. Everyone gets to play. Everyone's invited to be part of this great story where we, uh, where we uh, are just radically all in for God, that there's this sense where there's this fire in our bones, that, that as we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we would be people that see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven, that we see broken people walk into into places of wholeness. They would see lonely people find community and family. They would see people who are desperate uh, because of their mental health situation find the peace that's found in the presence of God and walking with him every day. Jesus, when he gets up to, to say, here's why I'm here, Luke 4 says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim ca that captives will be released and the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's why we're here, is to join with God on his mission. And uh, so we're going to focus on that for the next nine weeks. And the tool that we're going to use to do that is the missional life course. And uh, we're going uh, we're gonna to jump real quick into, uh, into hearing from John Tyson in a second. But this, uh, this is going to be, uh, uh, um, I think, incredibly helpful for us. It's the best material that I've ever seen on what it looks like to live missionally. I've seen a lot of rubbish in my time <laughs> where it's like, oh, no, Lord, I can't be that. I can't do that. And it's like, no. Uh, but here's, here's what my dream. You know, um, New Zealand used to be per capita... The, the, had the largest number of missionaries that would get sent into the world from any other nation in the world. That was like the legacy in this country is that we were up for mission. We were up for mission. And here's my dream. is that I, My dream as we embark on this journey is that something would happen for a whole bunch of us where we are like, we just totally identify as a missionary for God. Now, for most of us, that leaves, means we live intentionally on mission here in the Bay. Now, I can tell you after doing, living overseas, doing cross-cultural mission and short-term mission and all that sort of stuff, it's harder work living it out in your local context than it is to go overseas and try and do it. Trust me. Like, it's tricky. But, oh my gosh, it's the adventure of our lives and we choose to partner with God, empowered by His Spirit, to go. And my dream is that there'll be people in this church 
here this morning that will one day go and plant churches in other places around this country. My dream is that mission organizations and social services and outreach things will get planted out of the dreams that God gives us over this next term. Like I'm, I'm not talking little stuff here. I'm talking your life gets wrecked for Jesus and you couldn't be happier. Where you're like, I'm so committed. I'm all in. Like, tell me, look, I'm loose change in your hands. God, spend me how you want to spend me. And what God wants to heal over this next little while is the lie from the enemy that says, I'm not there. I couldn't do it. And you're going to hear this morning, it's not about how sorted you are. It's about how available you are. God has always used broken, ordinary people to do great things for his kingdom. He puts his treasure in jars of clay, and he's called all of And you know what? Uh, we're gonna, I want this to be a church on one level where, you, where it's, if you're not prepared to go all in for Jesus, it's a little bit uncomfortable. There's, in, in this day and age, there's no alternative. Like, look, guys, it needs to be a, a community that's dedicated and committed and all in to being with him and becoming like him, and our lives are orientated around doing what he did. Amen? And that's what I'm, and I don't say that because I want to put a guilt trip on anyone. I mean, I'm, I know there's life when you're all in. There's so much life. And so Jesus stands before you today, and he's like, you can choose this day. Life or death, blessings or curses. You choose. The invitation is yours. And my heart's cry for us is that we say, we're all in, God. We're all in. All right, let's hand over to John Tyson. And, uh, and before I get too <laughs> warmed up and, and we run out of time, John Tyson is, is my number one influence. He's the um, pastor that's most shaping my thinking. Uh, I've come under his apostolic leading in my own heart. Uh, top, top shelf uh, guy. Uh, Australian guy based in New York City. Very secular environment there. Very similar to New Zealand. He has a secular, tough environment. And he's just, he's a legend. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my friend, I wish, John Tyson. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that good, good stuff? And, uh, and so this morning, I just want to, want to land with, uh, with this question. Um, this morning, will you say to the Lord, that you're available. And, and that doesn't mean that you've got it all worked out, and that doesn't mean that you've got it all sorted, but that you're simply like, Lord, I'm humbly available. I'm available to learn. I'm available to grow. I'm available to be led. I'm available for you to, to reshape my perception about what mission is and what it means to be part of that. I'm, av- I'm here, Lord. I'm available. And that's, that's how we've got, we start, friends. Like, he's 100% right. It's not about having it all worked out. It's simply being available. You don't, know, you don't have to know how to plant a church. You just have to know that you're available. <laughs> and then God may call you to plant a church, and, and he's so good at providing everything we need. And, uh, and I want to encourage us as we go through this that uh, and it's one, one of the things I'm a little bit nervous about in the culture of Christianity today is that people put off seriously applying themselves to Jesus to some future point. Like, I'm nervous about that. And I get this sense for a lot of people, it's like, ah, oh, it's just not the right time to go hard. It's just not, I've got some stuff to work on and some stuff. I want to encourage us to say, I'm in. Like, when is, the perf- when is it going to be the ideal situation for you to go, I'm in? 
I read this in this book, A Touch of Wonder, this guy, Arthur Gordon. He says, one of the most insidious maladies of our time is the tendency in most of us to observe rather than act, to avoid rather than participate, to not do rather than do, the tendency to give in to the sly, negative, cautionary voices that constantly counsel us to be careful, to be controlled, to be wary and prudent and hesitant and guarded in our approach of this complicated thing we call living. Like that is... Uh, the truth. And I want to invite us to just go, you know what, I'm in. I just want to give this stuff a crack. And it, I'm, we're not going to make you do anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just, because I've been too many times sitting in the pews going, no, don't make me do that. We're not going to make you do anything. What we are saying is let's be open to the Spirit of God shaping us and leading us. And let's see what sort of adventure we go on when we're up for that. And then she just start opening our eyes to that John 5, 19 stuff of like, God, what are you doing in my workplace? What are you doing in my friends? What are you doing in my family? And I want to be used by you in that space. And rather than just living a Christian life that's orientated just on ourselves, that we actually get to this point of saying, I want my life to be a blessing for others. And I want to start stepping into that radical place where the kingdom of God breaks in, where we take steps of faith and we say things and we do things that would, that would just be in partnership with the heart of God and the move of the Spirit. And so what does it mean to be available? Well, there's all sorts of things that, that, that may look like. Firstly, if you haven't signed up for a group, can I encourage you to sign up for a home? It's not too late to sign up. I would love it if you haven't chosen to sign up for a home church because this is the only time you're going to see John Tyson in our service. The rest of the content, we're going to preach the themes on Sunday and midweek, the, the brilliant resources uh, are going to be there to, to work through. Do you want to pass me? And we've got our booklets that our home church leaders we'll be getting today. And this material is absolutely stunning. And can I encourage those of you that are doing this not to do it in a half-baked way, but to get into it and to journal in this thing and to read this stuff and to wrestle with what it looks like to take on board the whole thing of being formed to be a people that do what Jesus did, to be a people that... And so uh, what does that look like to be available? It's to prioritize the journey with Jesus. Like, thank you for turning up to church today. You've prioritized this thing. In the midst of all the mess of your life, you're here. You're legends. And it, it honestly grieves me as a pastor of the people that aren't here. Because I'm like, not because I want a full church. It's because I want people madly in love with Jesus on a journey with Him. That's what our world needs. And friends, what He's going to do over the next nine weeks is He's going to instill in us a fresh confidence for the things of God's kingdom. And if we continue to walk His way, we're going to see His kingdom break into the bay as it is in heaven. We're going to see things happen. New ministries are going to be born. Conversations are going to happen. People are going to come to faith. We're going to see stuff happen because ordinary people said, I'm available to be used by you, Lord. So this is what I want to encourage you. Honestly, let's prioritize it. Organize a babysitter so that you can get to a group. If you've got, I know look, I've got in my heart like all the families and stuff because it's a huge chunk of our church. I'm like, if, if you, one partner goes to one group, another partner goes to the, another, that's an option. We've got a kids-friendly group. But I'm like, why do we always put these hurdles up to our discipleship journey with Jesus? We make, like, let's prioritize it and say, this is what I'm, I want to orientate my life around because I want to go on an adventure with Him. And the good news is that He will use us to do extraordinary things for Him. It doesn't happen overnight, but it will happen almost every Sunday, right? It doesn't happen overnight, but it will happen. He will, he will shape us and mold us and form us 
Uh, and, it, and over the, I tell you what, as you are faithful to him, oh my gosh, stuff starts happening in your life and it's such a rich life and it's so exciting and you come alive. Uh, so uh, what I wanted, this is how I'd like to finish today. Um, one of the ways that, sorry, I forgot to mention this. One of the ways that you could also say I'm up for this uh, is that you could come to our prayer meeting tonight. We're gonna, like, this course coupled with what God's doing in our midst, coupled with fervent prayer, that's a dynamite recipe. That's a dynamite recipe. We've been praying fervently for a number of years now, and we're going to continue. So tonight at 7 p.m., we're going to be at Pyramide Baptist in that little room. Lord, pour out your spirit on the bay. Lord, would you, you mold us and shape us. And Lord, would you shape us to be a people that are like you, that carry your fragrance, that carry your anointing. So come tonight. If you've never been, come tonight. Great to say, I'm, I want to not be a spectator anymore. I'm going to get on that field, and I'm going to move the ball up the park, and I'm going to be part and a contributor to seeing this church flourish and the kingdom of God come in this place, right? So that, But here's the thing. As we've been going into this, I've been like, there is a spiritual battle that's going to be going on. There's a spiritual battle that goes on when you talk about mission. There's a spiritual battle that goes on when you talk about money. Like those, like honestly, and we're going to hit both of those this year. So I'm like, let's just go, we're going to go there, right? I'm like, I'm, and so for some of us, I just know that for whatever reason, the last couple of weeks, your devotional life has felt tough. Like it's been like wading through mud. This morning, we're praying for breakthrough. Lord, we are just saying, come break into a new way. And we're just saying, we need you, Lord. But in a second, I'm going to ask you that if you, in response this morning, you do not have to do this, but this is for some of you, it's important you do. Uh, is that this morning, in a second, I'm going to invite you to stand as an indication that you're available. And you don't know what that looks like, but you know what that means in your heart. I'm available. That means teachable, that means humble, that means I haven't got it all worked out, that means I'm going to go to a group, whatever the response looks like, I'm available, Lord, I want to be used by you. Even in my mess, I'm available, Lord, okay? Uh, And then the second thing I'd love to do is to pray uh, for those of us that feel like there's been a bit of a battle going on with relationships or with devotional lives or whatever, and it's like we're just going to pray that God just brings some breakthrough there, and we're going to pray tonight for that as well, amen? So if that's you, if you were like, yep, I want want to... uh, I want to say I'm available to the Lord this morning. Would you stand now and then let's pray and invite the Lord to come. Thank you, Lord.